Hello, this is Geeks Unleashed. This is the third episode of our Fantastic Four month during May. And I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on Geeks Unleashed, we bring you some geeky news. We catch up on some of our pop culture lives, as well as bringing you something adapted from the comic book or game world. However, during May, it's just adaptions only. Oh, yeah. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. So we would also love it if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, lastly, a reminder that we do have a Ko-Fi and all donations would be appreciated. So thank you kindly if you would like to chuck in a couple of coins here and there. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, as we mentioned, we're we're skipping over the um, the news and everything like that. During May, we're just focusing purely on those Fantastic Four. So we've already covered <clears> off <throat> the movie that never got released, the documentary, mm-hmm. and now we're heading into the movie that actually yeah. they were trying to make. So that, that that unreleased Fantastic Four was deliberately made so we could get this. So, yeah. Oh boy, all the drama. Like, has there ever been another franchise that had this kind of drama, like a superhero franchise that had the drama that the Fantastic Four did? I feel like no. Like, this is it's just been like so. It's been at this point. This movie came out in two thousand five. It's been over a decade. Like, it's been like twelve to fifteen years of drama to get this film. I know it's a crazy, yeah, crazy <clears throat> amount of effort. I mean, a million pound they spent. Yeah. Like, kind of wrote off. Right. So, Just to keep the rights. Uh, yeah, to keep the right. Well, hopefully it's worth it for them. So. Well, I mean, this uh, movie made pretty good money, so I say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so Fantastic Four 2005. It was written by Michael France and Mark Frost. It was directed mm-hmm. by Tim Story, um, and it's based on the Fantastic Four by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And it stars Ewan Griffith, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, Michael Chiklis, Julian McMahon, and Kerry Washington. Uh, okay, so... So, yeah, yeah, just a little bit of background. Again, Fantastic Four. Uh, Their very first appearance is Fantastic Four number one, 1961, of course, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And as usual, the first appearance of Victor Von Doom Fantastic Four number five in 1962, July of 1962. What a cool villain name, Victor Von Doom. Uh, I know. Like, it's good that they also, if you think about the kind of characters, you know, I mean, Johnny Storm kind of breaks the mold a little bit here, but uh, and even Ben Grimm, but Sue Storm, Reed Richards, Peter Parker, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's very much the alliteration in terms of, you know, they, they went always with easy names. Yeah. Um, and Victor Von Doom, I guess, it's, <laughs> I guess it's memorable, but it's not. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, I mean, it's not the same, but like, it's quite like Doom. How, how, how many Dooms have you ever met? It's, I mean, it's possible that I've met a Sue, I've met, you know, a Reed, I've met a Ben. I've yeah. never met a Doom nobody's no. last name doom <laughs> i'm not even sure if i've met victor to be honest so oh, i i know quite a few victors uh, so this was released on the 8th of july 2005 had a running time of 106 minutes had a budget of roughly 90 million us dollars and a box office takings of 333.5 million yeah that's exactly why we got a sequel to this that just oh, exa- made made some good money so really, you know, they wrote wrote off that million pound loss for that. You can see oh, yeah. why that. You can see why they did all of this. Yeah, so. yeah, I definitely. It just, it was just, it was 
an unfortunate experience for the people that worked on that first Fantastic Four film. Like they had uh-huh. no clue while everybody else behind the scenes knew exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got some fun facts before we get into it. Um, so again, back to all of the drama that we covered in the past two weeks. Uh, oh, this one, it's just like, it's just, ne- it's like never ending. So there was a bit more clarity from uh, Bernd Eichinger uh, about the low budget one that was released just to keep the rights. And he had said in an interview with Los Angeles magazine, Hey, they didn't say I had to make a big movie. <laughs> just being able to justify it like a, uh, they said I just had to make a movie. They didn't say it had to be good. So, uh, and there was even a rumor that both Eichinger and Stanley knew ahead of time, which obviously they did, uh, that the film is what they call an ash can copy, which is something that they just produce just so that they can say, look, this was produced. Therefore, I get to keep the rights for X amount of years longer. Um, yeah. Oh, but before this movie finished, so we just said like the budget was somewhere between 87 and $100 million. So in that range. But uh, originally the production budget for this movie was $165 million. And they managed to get it down significantly, I'd say. I mean, they got it down like $70 million. So it's better. They must have just said there's no way. (laughs) But no way, we're not spending that. Yeah. All right. So more drama. So the whole thing, I don't don't know what the, like what kind of money they had, Eichinger and Chris Columbus had together, but it's mentioned in the documentary by the actor who played Reed Richards that everything that they did on that film was meant to be so that they could get Chris Columbus to direct an actual Fantastic Four movie. But this, so the ad, you know, as soon as they said that they were going to do this film, they brought Chris Columbus on and he was working with them and his original budget for the film was like 208 million. And they were like, yo, no, <laughs> like this is way too much money for this movie. Eventually, they decided to part ways, but Chris Columbus stayed on as a producer. So his production company, 1492 Pictures, is a producer of this film, but Chris Columbus did not direct. This film had five, five whole directors signed on before they finally settled on Tim's story. So we had Chris Columbus, um, and then we had Peter Siegel, who, if you don't know the name, you know the films. Like, he did Tommy Boy, Get Smart. Uh, then... He dropped out. Then we got Sam Wiseman. Uh, again, might not know the name, but I know you know D2, The Mighty Ducks, and George of the Jungle. Not not great films, but you know, hey. <laughs> uh, so he dropped out. And then we have Roger Gosnell. Might not know that name, but he decided to pass on this film so that he could direct Scooby-Doo. I don't really know if that was like a, a good move on his part, but you know, hey, he left, he did Scooby-Doo. Then we had Peyton Reed. Now, Peyton Reed, you might be familiar because Peyton Reed is the director of all of the Ant-Man films for Marvel. Uh, so Peyton Reed got a second chance in, in the Marvel world. But uh, Peyton Reed actually stayed on the longest. He was on for over two years, like over two years uh, before he was like, you know what? Like, I'm over it. Uh, and then they even had Sean Astin, who, you know, of Goonies and Lord of the Rings fame, Samwise Gamgee, 
threw his name in the hat and he was like, yo, I want to direct this film too. Even though he had never at the time had never directed anything before. Like nobody's going to give you a superhero franchise when you've never done, <laughs> like anything. you've never done anything before. Like not just a superhero, like you've never done directing at all. Like I thought that was really weird. Um, anyway, so all of those directors, like it was just, it's. I mean, it really was an ordeal. Like it got to the point where, they were going to lose the rights again and they they asked marvel can we please extend the rights and this time marvel said yes wow. so that's that's why um, there was a difference in in the time frames here because originally on the original contract for the rights they only had 7 years you had to you had to do something within a 7 year period to retain the rights okay so <clears throat> i just i don't know why like i'm just loving doing all the research on this because it's just like how can there be so much drama like Seriously, like, I don't know. Uh, okay, so the last thing. So back to Peyton Reed. So he had made it so far into the development process. Like I said, he was he was the director on record for about over two years. And when he left, he said he left because, A, Fox was chasing a release date, which we can definitely imagine that to be true because that was the entire thing that happened with the unreleased film. It had to start production before the end of 1992. Like, so, yes, they're they're chasing the dates because, again, the rights issue keeps coming into play. Um, and also, he said another reason he left was that him and Fox had two very different movies in mind. So, oh, oh all the drama. Uh, so, yeah, like as we learned from the 92 drama, the Constantine films always chasing the release dates. But uh, so the thing was, like Peyton Reed's cast would have been massive. Like, this was a good cast. I enjoyed this cast very much. But his cast included Alexis Denisov uh, from Angel and Buffy. Oh, yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, uh, he would have been Reed Richards. Mads Mikkelsen would have, uh, was also, like, on the table to play Reed Richards. Like, can you imagine Mads Mikkelsen? Like, I, I would have loved that. That would have been great. Uh, Charlie Theron on the table to play Sue Storm? What? Uh, Paul Walker as Johnny Storm. Come on, man. And then John C. Riley was on tap to play Ben Grimm. And they had Jude Law for Victor Von Doom. And it was just like, that would have been a hell of a cat. Like, Charlie Theron, Mads Mikkelsen, Paul Walker, all on like the same little team. That would have been really cool. And then Sean Astin said that if he had directed, his choice to play Sue Storm would have either been Christina Aguilera or Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I think of that, I think, do you know what would have been cool is Alexis Denzoff mm-hmm. would have been a cool, I mean, I don't think he's ever been in a movie that I'm aware of, or not a big one anyway. Um, but yeah, but I, he, like he had the look of Reed Richards, even yeah. in Buffy. Oh, no, I know, I know. I'm a huge Buffy and Angel fan. Yeah. I, I prefer Angel's <clears throat> Buffy, to be honest. And he was brilliant. He, he, could have played that dark side of Reed really well. Uh-huh. Like so yeah. I just I I I love Mads Mickelson. Like I, I love him and everything he's in. I think if he he definitely should not have been Reed, he he would have been an amazing Doom. He would have been oh, yeah. a really great Victor Von Doom. Oh yeah, he would have been a good Doom. Oh yeah, I I, I think that was a weird choice for Reed, but he yeah. would have been a good Doom. Yeah. I think um <clears throat> Paul Walker probably would have made a good Johnny Oh, Storm. Yeah. Because at the time, like in the in the early two thousands, Paul Walker and Chris Evans were completely interchangeable. They they played the same roles. They were always, you know, that that jock guy that was 
funny but lovable like they were completely interchangeable they could have always been playing each other's parts back then <laughs> uh right so a summary from IMDb, a group of astronauts gain superpowers after a cosmic radiation exposure and must use them to oppose the plans of their enemy, Dr. Victor Von Doom. Pretty much the same tagline from yeah. the, the first unreleased movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, what's your thoughts, Jasmine, on this uh, over, on this film overall? Summarise thoughts. So I think <clears throat> watching it this time, I think I liked it better now than i did the first time i saw it back in 2005 um also like the one thing that didn't change there is no there is no way on anybody's planet that early 2000s chris evans was ever a part of nasa i'm sorry like i just i'm not getting behind that i don't believe that i don't believe that johnny storm was ever an astronaut like (laughs) and they pushed it so hard in in this one about him and ben having been like pilots together and like or in the military together and then ben was his commanding officer back then and now uh johnny storm is like the pilot for this mission i just i i mean i could see him as like a military pilot i just i cannot there there is just no part of my brain that can let go of johnny storm being a freaking astronaut (laughs) like i'm sorry (laughs) so i think like that that part is still very much like yeah sure um but for the most part, I think like I I enjoyed it. Uh, I I like the introduction of the characters. I really, really, really like the cast interaction. Like I think this cast meshes very well together. Like the way that they play off of each other, especially Johnny and Ben. I think that their banter is freaking just like gold. They are so funny to me throughout this entire film. Um, but I just I love the dynamic, and I think like. More so than like the plot or anything else that's happening. I just like the way that the four of them interact. Like the four of them being a cohesive team is absolutely believable to me. Now, whether or not I believe that Johnny Storm is an astronaut is a different story, but I think that they work really well together. And so I think it's the their team chemistry that really kind of is the glue for this film. Uh, because I think a lot of other things are just kind of like, very 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 thin threads that are holding this thing together yeah i agree with you i think the four of them actually do gel really well together the bat mm-hmm. the banter um between johnny storm and the thing mm-hmm. um michael chiklis actually obviously i i'm more familiar with him in the shield yeah. so to see him playing what i think is actually quite a comical role i think he right. does it really well um and like i say chris evans you can see it was always the Joker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can imagine on set they probably had a good laugh as well. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 I think the strengths were definitely in how well the four of them bonded. Um, Jessica Alba was probably the most experienced actor of them all. Uh, I would say, like she, she, I don't know, she. Um, I think she's more the movie at that point. Yeah, time, she's movie. She Ewan more... Gruffitt had done a lot of stage work, and then he was yeah. a Horatio Hornblower for a long time, and. Um... On I think, British sorry, TV. I, meant, I meant more like movie wise. I think. Oh she yeah, yeah. Been, yeah. Like she's done a lot more movie. I think probably even now she's. Her done... and Chris at the time, because they were both like those late nineties, early two thousand. Like they were all kind of like in the same types of films, all mm. those little teenage rom coms. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> first time I ever saw her was in Dark Angel. So do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jensen yeah. Ackles was in that before he got oh, Supernatural. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I loved her in Dark Angel as well. But no, I think the four of them did really well. And um, I think they bonded really well. I thought that we had a really strong villain. Um, to be honest, I thought it was overall a really good origin movie put together mm-hmm. very well and actually had a lot of the similar things that we had in our unreleased movie, which was yeah. strange enough. So, yeah, I, know, so- I know it's the same story, but it kind of followed a very similar pattern to the last it did movie indeed i think yeah. like i think re-watching this film after having seen both the unreleased and the documentary is probably what like changed my mind about the film itself because it's like you guys literally just put more money into the same thing like yeah. that's really what it felt like with this first film you 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 just like if if you had done the first one right instead of being so shady like you could have had a better film than than the one that you got but like so so the i mean like it just goes to show like what they did the first time wasn't wrong they just didn't put the money behind it um no. so yeah i thought it was super interesting there's so many like similarities it's uh, it pretty much is the same movie with just a bigger budget oh yeah i no, definitely there's there was this you know the scene where reed was uh kind of interviewing them all and testing all their powers <clears throat> mm-hmm. we had the same scene in the unreleased movie with the the weird scientist guy so yeah. um but yeah i i yeah there was so much about it that, that was similar but also really enjoyable i actually yeah. enjoyed this movie i really did enjoy this film and and it got me thinking this is actually a really good cast that mm-hmm. with a multiverse going on in the mcu at the moment just bring them back just they gotta, they gotta do something like you know maybe i don't know deadpool 3 clearly is going to be treading treading the multiverse oh line yeah because we're going to get wolverine in that one too well yeah so wolverine and colossus and yeah i think colossus is meant to be in it and, uh, i yeah, mean i so. think it, the time is right there you know they've they've already started there's rumors circulating about who's casts and who's in talks and so hey who knows um, I, they, it's still on the schedule for 2026 <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd, 2025. So I don't think Feige would ever want to bring them back. Like I don't think he would want to. I think he would want to put his own mark on it. That's the feeling yeah. I get from him. But I, if I were him, I would just bring back this cast. I get mean, back, get back you, Chris Evans. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, you yeah. could, like, you could, like, it could just be a running joke, especially since Captain America, like his version of Captain America, Steve Rogers, yeah. has retired, and yeah. uh, that we have. Um, falcon what is his name in the show i know it's anthony mackie but like what is his actual oh, name oh i forgot you i've forgotten now but yeah you could uh, Fal- but yeah. falcon is a new captain america essentially yeah, so yeah. like you could bring chris evans back and it could just be a running joke like you look so familiar like are you sure that you and he's like no i get that a lot <laughs> i don't think chris evans would do it though <laughs> oh i don't think he- I, I don't- maybe like because it's a if, different if character. it was just a cameo i think he might but if it was like an actual role i don't think he would so like if you if you somehow redid this fantastic four which is on the marvel schedule so they are redoing it but like if this version of johnny storm made an appearance like as like one of those uh racers or whatever at the when he was racing the motorcycles and stuff like if you brought Chris Evans back as one of those motorcycle guys, and like it could literally just be a, are you? And he's like, no, I get that a lot. I'm not him though. <laughs> I think that would be so great. Um, but no, yeah. So overall, to be honest, I really enjoyed it. I think it's well put together. Like we said, high production value. They did pick a good cast. Um, 
mainly TV cast, <clears> except for, you know, even our villain was a big TV cast. Uh, Nip oh, yeah, Tuck, from Charmed. Uh, uh, oh, Nip Tuck and Charmed. Yeah. It's mainly a TV cast, really, that they'd elevated. Jessica Alba and Chris Evans were the only sort of real movie stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see they probably got paid not that well. Uh, <laughs> but they, I mean, just I'm think sure. about this was so long ago. Chris Evans was third billing. Yeah. Like, there is never a film anymore where Chris Evans comes anywhere under than first. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think overall it's done really well. I think they, they, you know, they created a villain, they created the heroes, they created the world, you know, all were done really well, tied it up really nicely. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they intersected their previous relationships with us not having to have too much in the way of knowledge of, well, obviously there was a different relationships beforehand. Like you said, Ben and, and, and Johnny working mm-hmm. together and Reed and Sue working together. And what was nice at this time around that Sue and Reed were, near enough the same age um so that was well, fine i mean well, no no it, it time, looked better long. yes on yeah, screen yeah, yeah. yeah last yeah. time it was creepy when he met her when she was like 11 yeah so um right anyway so <clears throat> there's five characters really in this film five main characters we've got a few others like alicia masters um, and a few other bits and pieces was i think there was it Ben Grimm's girlfriend has two scenes and uh, a few other people that have cameos yeah. along the way. Carol, but not Carol. What was her name in The Walking Dead? Oh, okay. oh I, know. I can't I remember. Yeah. Was walk- yeah, she was in The Walking Dead. Like, yeah. This is before The Walking Dead. Yes, yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ben Grimm's girlfriend, immediately when I saw her, uh, actually, when I saw about her, he rings her up and says, Oh, I'm coming outside. She goes, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And he's like, yeah. I've got a surprise for you. And she, oh, and thought, my God. I thought, who walks out into New York City in a nightdress? Mm-hmm. I was just like, when I saw that, I was just like, is she insane? Like, Thank you. Like, I was sitting on my couch and I'm like, hey, no way. There is just no way you are walking outside of your apartment in Brooklyn, New York in your fucking nighty. Like, what? you're not doing what? that. And she had all, like fuzzy slippers and everything. I was like, no, ma'am. No. No, I mean, you might you might come to the door. You might have put a coat on, like if or, you didn't or, change clothes. But like you ain't walking door. outside in just the nighty. I'm sorry. No, that's that's asking for trouble. Like not saying that anyone should is asking for that trouble because they're clearly not. But that is massively making yourself stand out in a that's in, a bit in, much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit so, much. <laughs> um anyway, so really it's five main characters. You've got Victor Von Doom and you've got the FF. Uh, although I do think Alicia Masters is you know i like that, that she actually had like some snap yeah she so oh, yeah. this this version of alicia was much much better than in the uh unreleased film yeah definitely and uh she <laughs> goes on to be a big name in the end ends up in scandal oh uh-huh, yeah miss olivia pope well, i've not seen that i've not seen that have you <laughs> no i didn't watch scandal actually i've seen two episodes of scandal i saw the first episode and i saw the crossover episode with um how to get away with murder oh okay okay so I've only seen. I watched the first episode, and I thought, "Oh, yeah, I'm Karen watching this," and I never did. Um, but <laughs> by then, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to watch the crossover episode now." And how to get away with murder did a crossover. So scandal was, was a cool. big deal, man. Big, oh, no, big no, deal. No, no. Maybe one day I'll watch it because it was meant to be a good show. So. <laughs> anyway, did you have a favorite character? It's hard to pick, honestly, because um, I I want to say Ben. Um, you know, I'm just gonna stick with Ben. I think. I think he was my favorite. He, to me, he had the sort of most emotional character arc just because he was the only one that couldn't pass as normal. Mm. Um, 
And I think that the way that they did that was a lot better in in this film than they did in the in the other one because I really kind of like the way that Victor played up on the fact that he was the oddball. Um, and it just kind of showed you like at, at the, you know, it's not quite the halfway point, but like when he, when he gets into the machine and changes back to himself. Um, and then at that point he's like, Oh my God, what have I done? Um, but I just, I just enjoyed his character arc because he's, he doesn't just want to be the muscle, but then when he gets his powers taken away, he's like, Oh, this is not, this is really not going how I envisioned it going. Um, so I just, and plus he was funny and he was him and again, him and Johnny, like, I just loved the banter between the two of them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Ben. Ben was my favorite. I think Ben, I agree with you though. Ben did have a good character arc, really. Mm-hmm. I think of all of them, he's the most damaged by these events mm-hmm. and actually how he overcomes them. And it kind of has to accept his role in the team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he can't, he has to help his team by being the thing. Mm-hmm. So, and the bad guy used him to get his powers. And he's, oh, no, like you say, what have I done? And yeah. it's a good character arc and actually the rejection of his love. Yeah. And it didn't make me think. It goes to show <clears throat> how supportive sometimes a partner can be, where mm-hmm. his partner was like, nah. Yeah, I ain't uh, signing up for all that, man. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm in it for the looks. Yeah. And, uh, you ain't got that. So, yeah. Um, but actually, and I think it is actually pretty nice that like Alicia Masters, when she did say, let me see you and touches mm-hmm. his body, body in his face. And she doesn't say anything about the fact that clearly it's Rocky. She mm-hmm. just says, Oh, you, you, you're so sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and actually that she can essentially see past, she, you know, she obviously can feel what mm-hmm. he looks like, but she can see past that and see his heart and, yeah. and who he is. So I think that was always quite nice. So, yeah. Um, uh, for me, I don't know, favorite character, I think Jessica Alba, to be, to be honest, she holds her own really well considering yeah. she is the main female character and most of her interactions are with the male characters. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one of the things that really got me about her during the, the movie was just her facial expressions. <laughs> like just when like Reed Richards was interviewing her uh, about her powers and saying about what feelings like did she have to trigger her powers? And she's like, hmm, frustrated, yeah. annoyed angry and he's like completely oblivious and she's like more and more getting annoyed yeah and he's like hmm, i wonder what could replicate that like and then she's like mm, i think i can come up with something <laughs> like, uh, uh, so i just thought she was pretty cool but what, what i loved was though her power set that it's not just invisibility <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's the, the force fields and actually i would say she's probably one of the most strongest power wise on the team mm-hmm. so uh, uh, at the end when they're fighting Victor and you could see the intensity in her face and her nosebleeds and everything like that. So I I, I, kind of, I liked her sassiness as well when her brother referred to her as invisible Gil. She's like, Gil? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I mean, I imagine it was like <clears throat> a human boy or was it the the boy the boy torch or whatever. Yeah. So, like, you'd probably hate hate that. Like, yeah. So no, I watch you. I've, I've, I, I, to be honest, I love Jessica Alba. Whatever I watch, ever since seeing her in um, Dark Angel. So mm-hmm. uh, I think when I first saw this film, I was like, "Why did you guys have to just make her look so much like suit?" Like I hated the blue contacts back then. 
it's still kind of irksome now. It's like, I mean, I can see the blonde hair, but like you could have just, she didn't have to have blue eyes. Like it, it, we didn't have to go that far. Like you didn't have to make her like it and exact carbon. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't notice the blue contacts. Yeah. Um, not, not a fan. Obviously, that was to make her like the right. the white, the white, yeah, Sue Storm from. I don't think I think now just Crowell was a lot more powerful. Uh, oh or, yeah. Or, yeah, I think she would. She now carries a lot that. more weight now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she would now not go along with that. So potentially, I don't know. She might be able to go along with it, but I don't get the feeling she would. So um, we shall anyway. See. Well, yeah. I'd, well, if she, if they bring her back. There's the, at least even if a multiverse way that would be cool so yeah i don't know i uh, love this whole multiverse thing like it just opens up so many more doors and i think it's an opportunity for just about every fan to kind of have a little bit of hope right i think if they do the multiverse though they should they should bring back the unreleased cast i don't think they'd come back like i think there's too much bad blood well maybe maybe they would come back because uh, i mean i'm not trying to be crass but like stanley and brent eichinger are dead so yeah, maybe, maybe they would come back. I don't know. I think that I think <clears throat> that they would love to be finally recognized for their roles. Yeah. So it would be really great if they brought that cast back as like I don't know, like if I don't know if 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 um if the Fantastic Four like had kids and like their kids take over the mantle of Fantastic Four and like those guys were all the parents. Oh yeah, no. I, so I was more thinking like if they somehow did, even if it was in like Deadpool three or something, where I'm getting the feeling because I've heard that Wolf, the Wolverine in Deadpool three is not the Wolverine from the X Men films; it's a different Wolverine. Obviously, mm-hmm. same 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 actor, Hugh, Hugh mm-hmm. but just uh, multiverse Hugh Wolverine. Hugh, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Sorry, uh, but like a mult from another multiverse. It would be. I, I'm getting the feeling that it's Deadpool traveling through different worlds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably eventually ends up in the MCU or whatever. Um, but it would be cool if, like, he ended up facing. You know, if they through, you know, that would be a cool. few different, few different FFs and like kind of yeah. almost, or you know, even if it's just that he runs through. The Baxter building and runs into this FF and then runs into like the unreleased cast. And yeah. Then, you know, even if it was just a cameo, it'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah. I think. Oh man, I'd... that would be so funny if he ran into like Jessica Alba <laughs> like, <laughs> in the Baxter building. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty cool, I think. So, oh. um, so anyway, structure of the movie, I think. I think they structured it very well. They, they. I mean, it's up... very typical origin story. It, I don't oh, think yeah. that there is any kind of like fluff or any kind of like there's no surprises no nothing it is very much this is the team this bad thing happens oh no how do they deal with it oh no then one of them turns into a bad guy oh no now we have to save the world uh, it's it's i mean it's very formulaic it's very it, it follows the script i think like it it very much follows the superhero origin of oh shit we got these powers we don't know what to do with them but then by the end of the film they kind of have an idea yeah, I think it's like you say this this route has been done many times. Mm-hmm. The but it's cold open with Ben and Reed coming to Victor Von Doom for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've seen seen this before, and um, and we, we see it again. I'm pl- pretty sure. So, but I, I love I loved really just from the interaction at the beginning. All I liked was how, how it's kind of frosty between the four of them at the air at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. by the end of it, they are a family. Yeah, and it's it's a you know there are there are actual 
genuine connections here you know a wedding on the horizon brother and sister best friend you mm -hmm. know kind of kind of relationship going on and villain created unfortunately out of power but yeah it's all been done to death really yeah so, but it's i mean it's a like they all have like this complicated relationship to each other um mm. and i think that's probably one of their most unique features of this particular team because most of the other teams like they didn't know each other first right like the adventures had to get to know each other they didn't really have very much connection um whereas the fantastic four had this long history before they actually became the fantastic four um so um, i think that that is probably their defining characteristic is that they just have that background with each other beforehand did you have any favorite scenes along the way or anything you liked favorite scenes um i don't know it's super cheesy I like super, super, super cheesy. But the first time that Ben says it's clobbering time, <laughs> it's oh. just like, yes. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, to me, when you watch superhero films, like when you get that classic superhero zinger, like mm -hmm. that is always just so fun to see, like in, in real, in live action, right? Like, I don't know. Like, the first time you watch Batman and he says, I'm Batman, you're just like, ah, yeah. oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, so yeah, like I really just I got such a kick out of his clobbering time. <laughs> uh, do you know that's one of the things I noticed? I don't know if you realize when <clears throat> you know all of the Avengers films, they didn't say Avengers Assemble until, until Infinity the final, War, until the final uh, Endgame, until the final. Oh, one. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. so the final one, right at the very end, opposite Thanos. Yeah, and there's that was it. I can't remember. I think it might have been the second Avengers movie. I think it was the second. I can't remember if it's the second one or I can't remember anyway. Where. <laughs> He, it ends with Chris Evans going Avengers, and as he's about to say "assemble," the titles come up. Yeah. Like, so you don't hear him say the word "assemble." Yeah. So it's like it's like I think you might even just slightly hear the A at the beginning. But yeah. It comes up. Comes yeah, up. Yeah. And uh, people lost their minds in the theater when he finally said "assemble." In, yeah. And and he had Mjolnir in his head. Oh my god! Like that was yeah, oh yeah, that oh was yeah, such a good scene. That was such a good I, scene. I've seen clips of him going nuts. <laughs> anyway, so but like to tie with your clobbering time thing. I think it is great when they they have these things, and they could have held that back though, yeah, because it, it's so expected. Yeah, they could have held that back, but back then I don't think they really you know, planned ahead. Yeah, like it was like they made a movie, and that was it. They had no yeah. real plan. They probably didn't even have a plan for a second one. But, but they did that a lot because, like, back when they were doing X Men, um, it's 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 not exactly the same thing, but it's a very like when. Wolverine is in his uniform for the first time and he's so uncomfortable and Cyclops looks at him and he's like what do you expect yellow spandex and it's just like that when they when they give you those lines that are specifically meant for the fans that's the kind of stuff that I love that's the kind of stuff that I love about superhero movies like yes give us the r most ridiculous like off the pages of the comic stuff like that's that's what we want to see like we understand that it doesn't always fit the the script it doesn't always fit like the tone but like that's what we want you know like we we want that we want the comics to come to life that's exactly why we go and see films like this i think for me one of my favorite scenes was um the montage <clears throat> of ben and johnny uh where, where <laughs> ben's laying on the sofa and you keep seeing it, it, keep, it, keep, the, it keeps clipping back between them uh, yes. and it's like with the feather uh, and, and, the, and the, the shaving and cream yeah. yeah and then he eventually puts the shaving cream in his face but even just like the constant banter between the two even right at the very <clears> end <throat> where ben turns to him and says look 
can you please stop making jokes about how I look? And Ben's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so Johnny's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll stop, you know, Mr. Sensitive, whatever. And then he starts walking through the crowd. Anyway, guys, like, big guy coming through. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he's like, right, I'm going to get him. And I love the yeah. constant, like, I'm going to get him thing. And, <clears> I've read, and I've read, even when I have read Fantastic Four comics, is there a constant banter between the two of them? Yeah. Still going on now to this day for these characters from the 60s. So I, yeah. I, I, as a comic book fan, appreciate seeing that humour come yeah, to life. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and I think as well, just... I think I think the four of them actually did really well taking those comic book characters to life. Mm-hmm. I think generally, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I like that Sue doesn't feel very, um, and not that she's ever been a damsel in distress, but like, she almost takes on like equal leadership role. Like she's very assertive in like the science part of stuff, um, and that was nice to see because that was a big adjustment from the unreleased film, where it's just like. In that film, she really just felt like the love interest, whereas in this film, it actually feels like she contributes to the team. Oh, yeah, I would say she's almost <clears throat> equal leadership with Reed in this team. Right, right. So, although Reed is the kind of leader, this, yeah, yeah. He, he's not getting anything past her. So. Yeah, but he's almost like, I, I, I think, honestly, I think Yoan Gruffid was like perfect casting. When you look at his character design versus like Reed, the Reed Richards from the comics, like, I think they nailed it just getting his look to be Reed Richards. Uh, but like, honestly, he's probably one of the most forgettable characters of this film. Like he, he's always around obviously, cause he's the leader of the team, but like everyone else just outshines him. And it's not necessarily like a bad thing. It's just like, I don't know. He's just like the least important character, yeah. I think in, in this first film. Mm-hmm. I don't think maybe it's I don't know I hate to say it, he's a good actor but maybe it's just not as strong as the others as a lead yeah yeah I think it could have been done that role pro- and actually it's quite a nice point here what would we cut change or you know I, I, I'd say there's two things for me I th- I actually would say although it's a strong cast I would have been quite happy with a different lead Fantastic Four you know Mr. Fantastic mm-hmm. or Reed Richards could have been recast to me I think yeah, I think some of it was it. Who did who did you say earlier? Mads Mikkelsen. Oh no, um, Alexis Denisov. He would. I think he would have been far stronger. <clears throat> I think he would have been a much stronger lead actor. Mm-hmm. Personally, no. The thing I would have loved to change or cut or alter, which and it would be the alter, is the victim victim on doom in terms of having powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't have powers in the comics. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he doesn't have powers. He's just a human. Like, oh, so... I kind of like that he had powers, though. I mean, it makes sense that he would have power because if if he was on the ship with them, yeah, the, the way they've done it so did nicely. Yeah, there's point. There's points along his journey in the comics where he's gained abilities. I think mm-hmm. at one point he had magic or something like that. I think it was in Mark Waid's run he had some like, became, like magic or something like that. I'm not the biggest FF comic fan, but <clears> um, but yeah, no, he doesn't have any of these electric powers or anything like oh, that. I think okay. he's badly scarred in the face, hence yeah, why yeah. he wears a mask. So mm-hmm. when I first watched it, I was like, he doesn't have powers in the comics. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> However, they, I, made, it, they yeah. made it fit well in this movie. But Yeah, since he that, was on the ship, I think it makes a lot of sense that that's, that something would have happened to him too. Like it doesn't, it, it would not have made sense if he was unaffected. Um, I liked him as a villain like 
I I mean, he was a good villain in Charmed as well. Uh, but like, he plays it almost subtle. Like, you could tell that he's like an egomaniac for sure. Uh, but like, I love how <clears throat> it's like this this slow buildup throughout the whole film of him going from just a jerk to like an egomaniac with powers like i i love the slow burn that he gets um and then by the time we get to the end of the film to me the end of the film felt very much like terminator 2 where it was just kind of like are we really doing this like oh no metal it freezes (laughs) uh did you like um the scene that really made me think of um the toby Maguire um spider-man you know where green goblin kills the people with the in the um when he becomes a green goblin he kill, he goes and kills his scientist or whatever oh he's yeah like, yeah he's like back to back to formula, back to formula. oh my god that uh, line <laughs> well you know so you know uh when when um re, re, uh, sorry victor von doom gets the thing about how he's got this disease whatever he's like i'm gonna have to call the cdc and he's and he's like cdc he's like yeah you know center of and he's like i know what it is yeah like, and then he's like <laughs> Like, of course he knows what it is yeah and then he kills the guy because there's not anyone to know yeah it made me really think about that back to formula thing like okay yeah. whole, whole, not yeah. as not as not as massive as the back to formula but like it, it kind of gave me that whole no i don't want anyone to know i've got this thing so i'm gonna right kill you. right but they say Although, went like jerk, yeah well but... jerk to murderer yeah you know, <laughs> there was uh, definitely like a progression um but like it does remind me of it's kind of the same thing with Willem Dafoe. Like, Willem Dafoe played Green Goblin so well that they literally brought him back 20 years later to be a villain, the same exact villain that he played 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, he was one of the best parts of No Way Home. Or what? Is that what it's called? The the last Spider-Man film? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just for him to step back into the role and be just as like wicked as he was the first time he played Green Goblin. Um, I think like Julie McMahon actually had that kind of vibe. Like he had that longevity vibe that not all the villains get. Cause you're always talking about how it's annoying that they kill the villain off every film. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, the fact that Victor Von Doom is like, I don't know, like, maniacal enough and and villainous enough that they they isolate him by the end of this film but like he's not quite dead yet um i really liked that i liked that they didn't just get rid of doom um and that we actually do see him again in the next yeah i think i think it was good so when it's at the end and then it flashes to seeing victor on doom put in a shipping container and you're like yeah He's yeah. coming back. Like, yeah, for that sure. Shipping, that shipping container ain't holding him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's, we'll, we'll bring our, this episode to a close. And um, overall, what, what, how did you feel about it? And what would you rate it? Um, I'd give this one a, a solid three. I thought it was it was good. It wasn't great. Um, there was definitely some room for, for improvement. But I'd give it a solid three. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I think it's, it's good cast. 
very much formula movie, but mm-hmm. I think overall it's an enjoyable movie. And I think this film could probably sit quite well in the MCU if they made this now. It's got that whole MCU yeah. vibe about it. I think if they made this now, like if it never come out in 2005 and they suddenly released it now, it could be an MCU movie. They probably would just throw in a few Easter eggs, like yeah, of course, you know, like you'd see Avengers Tower in the background or or something, or you know, yeah, um, you'd see I don't know somebody swing by or Doctor Strange would be having coffee with Reed or something, yeah. something like that, or you know, uh, the the Pym formula would be in the background. I, I, you know, the, it, it would be the Reed Richards' new Hank yeah. Pym. Or so, oh, so you know, it, this would definitely have to be like a, a multiverse kind of thing because isn't this in New York too? Like you yeah. couldn't have the Baxter building and the Avengers Tower in the same city, could you? Well, they, well, they do in the comics. They're both in them. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, it's all in, in the comics. They're all in New York. It's ridiculous. If I, if I lived in the Marvel Comics universe, I would not be living in New York City. <laughs> I, I, I would go There's somewhere. There's too else. many heroes in New York, and too many villains. Like, yeah. I'd be going. I'd be going to Florida. Like, so <laughs> I don't think they ever have done anything in Florida. All the people in Florida in the Marvel universe was. Uh, well, man, thing like, was in Florida. <laughs> just don't go in the swamp. Then. Just don't go in the swamp. You'll be all right. So, oh, but don't go in the swamp anyway. Yeah, that's sound advice. No matter what universe you're in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll give it a three point five. Okay. It was, an all right, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's not going change my life. <clears throat> but I think it's a good movie. So. Yeah, it's a good origin but story. Next week, we'll be doing Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer 2007. Uh-huh. So, uh, we are Geeks Unleashed everywhere Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Come say hello. Yep. And you get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So, please leave us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much. Good journey. Good journey.